welcome to The Perfect Blend, the podcast where we pair the books we read with a delicious cup of tea. I'm Shelley Haskell. And I'm Candy Beaker. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Perfect Blend. My name is Candy. And I'm Shelley. And we are happy to have you here on this week of Hallow's Eve, I suppose. Yep, the week before. Yep, right there. I think our book is appropriate for the time. And I love it because actually it's two books that we're talking about. And we're really talking about a local witch in our area Hmm. that I don't think they really get into that historically as much anymore. I remember we talked about it when I was in elementary school. Yeah. But we're going to talk about the witch of Pungo. Mm -hmm. Also known as Grace Sherwood. Yes. And that was her name. The book, The Witch of Pungo, is by Louisa v kyle and then we're also we read witch duck bay by william bill huber and his was a fictionalized version of gray sherwood story that's true and i mean all of these are very local um the gray sherwood story is important in virginia and it's important in the history of witch trials Mm -hmm. but it's just very localized here in our area because we are in the pungo virginia beach chesapeake area out here on Knott's island that's we're still connected geographically in that area it's part of our heritage people do know about it. People know about all the different myths that go around it. Mm-hmm. But digging into it the way we did, we I think that we got a better sense of the history. Yes, most definitely. I knew about her, but I did not realize how much I didn't know about what is still around and available historically. Well, I always, when I think of the living history, I, I always, my mind always cast to Yorktown and Jamestown and Williamsburg. That's close by. But I really didn't think so much about that. And both the authors are Virginia people. She Mm -hmm. was a Virginia native and she wrote about the history of her state. She was a founding member of the Princess Anne County Historical Society. She wrote about, since you mentioned Knott's Island, Mm -hmm. she wrote about the first minister to Knott's Island on Currituck Sound to have lived there. So it was really interesting that all these things about where we live came up in these books. I was geeking out on the history. What can I say? I was too. And the connections, whether they were wholly factual or oral tradition passed down, mm-hmm. it can get changed around the years. So I thought yeah. it was just real interesting. What Tell me, what tea did you pick? <laughs> well, I got this in the summer. Remember when I was in Ocracoke? Mm-hmm. And it is the Yupon tea oh. with uh, fig and lemon. And it's called Sippin' on the Pizer. And it's, uh, if you haven't had Yupon tea, it is slightly caffeinated and it tastes like a tea, but it tastes more woodsy. It's not like the tannins are a little bit different and it's a little bit more bitter. So I think with the fig and the lemon and my stevia, it's good. I like it. It's just, yeah, if you like. It's different. Yeah, you got to like teas and the bitter teas to to enjoy it. And that was a Native American. Yeah, it grows around here. Wow. Well, I mean, it grows here. Yeah, Yeah. it was native to curry tuck. Mm -hmm. I did a curry tuck tea or what I thought Mm -hmm. would be a curry tuck tea because in the Witch Duck Bay story, Huber always mentions Grace is making a curry tuck tea and it has mint and it had sassafras in it. Yes. And then the other things were secret and she would only share that with her daughters to teach them how to make it. So I was looking up about sassafras and I didn't realize there's something in sassafras, saffron, and it has been determined, this was from WebMD, determined that it is unsafe because the oil in it and the sassafras root bark can cause cancer and liver damage. 
Really? So in the book she talked about, you can't have too much of it mm-hmm. because it could make you sick. So I guess you could drink it once in a while, but it, it wasn't recommended. So I was looking at what are alternatives for sassafras. And so citrus fruit, spearmint, wintergreen, or wintergreen, anise, cloves, lemon, and orange. Mm. So I have a peppermint tea with some anise, lemon balm, and what else do you have it there? Bluebane, lemon balm, anise. And oh, and I sweetened it with molasses because oh, that's I do what not she keep used. molasses. It smells earthy, mm-hmm. but like something baking. <laughs> I don't know how else to yeah, describe it. Yeah, uh, it smells like a good pastry spiced mix there. I can see that. I can see that. Oh, it's got a nice little zing to it. Well, I think that sounds great that you're using the molasses. I do not use molasses in anything. I don't keep it around unless some recipe calls for it. Mm. Molasses crackles and gingerbread. Mm-hmm. Woo! Okay. Oh, yeah. It's almost gingerbread time. Well, when I was in the library, we always did the gingerbread man. Mm-hmm. And I would bring him to school and the kids would see him. And at one school, what they would let us in the kitchen when we were a small school, we'd put him in the oven and all the kids would go to recess and they'd come back from recess, take him out of the oven and he would have run away. <laughs> and so then at the end of the day, he starts sending them messages and clues to where he is. And then they would have to go on a gingerbread band hunt and go through the library. So I've always, gingerbread's always been a big thing for me. I kind of went through withdrawals that first year after I retired because I couldn't do my gingerbread. Couldn't do your gingerbread? I'm like, sure they what to do with all this gingerbread? <laughs> oh my goodness. But I digress. We both want to thank you for giving us a listen. We would love it if you would leave comments or book suggestions and leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify if you enjoy your time with us. Yes, that would be wonderful because we would like to hear what books you want to hear about and what teas we pair them with. That story. You know, I wish that I had been a more of a history geek when I lived there. We have that the greatest historian for Curry Tech history. Uh-huh. And we yes. grew up with her. Yes. And now that I'm reading all this stuff, I would love to have discussions with her about this. I just find it fascinating. I mean, I went to an article about Curry Tech back in the 1600s, 1700s, and there is a Snowden, S-N-O-D-E-N, in the family, in the right. article. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yes, yeah. I enjoyed doing that. You know, I did the um, the Rooted in Curry Tech interviews yeah. or the extension office and I got to talk to some of them about their history. That was fun. I will say that the William Huber book it just came out in 2022 and it's self-published. And I don't know that a lot of people know about it. Um, mm-hmm. He was hard to find much about. Other Very than hard. Amazon had. Yeah. Other than I found an article by him in the Virginia Pilot mm-hmm. on an opinion thing that he talked about. Grace Sherwood and the history of that and then the story and he is just a, a local historian interest in history and decided to write this fictionalized version of what Grace Sherwood's life might have been like maybe or at least how he wanted to put the pieces together because we only have those documents, documents from the 1600s of land deeds and court cases and the court cases don't even really tell a lot other than whatever was on the basically what was on the docket and then what was the, the outcome mm-hmm. They don't, there's not like transcriptions of what people were saying in there. Everything about the Grace Sherwood story is from those pieces and the oral tradition of passing down and talking about her life. And I think it's mainly because Witch Duck area, Virginia Beach, that name stuck. And because that name stuck, her legend continued. I think that's just very interesting that had that not been there, I think, I don't know, it it wouldn't have been maybe as lost in history. It might've been lost in history. 
Well, we, yeah. if you pass the exit for Witch Duck Road all mm-hmm. the time and really you live here as long as we've been around, you don't really think about it that much. But she is a big piece of history because she was the only woman accused of witchcraft in the colonies who was given the duck test, mm-hmm. thus the name Witch Duck, because that's where she was ducked in the water. I'm going to get into the story a little bit. So Witch Duck Bay, well, it starts off really after Grace has been jailed for a while, a new parson has come in and things have kind of gone by the wayside of keeping up with some of the, I don't know, government agencies in the area. We had a clerk and a deputy sheriff, whatever, all the same. It was just right. They couldn't keep a parson. They couldn't keep a parson. And he brought with him, this is still under colonial time. So he brought with him a lot of weight from the king and from the governor. He was Mm -hmm. not just a parson. He was not royal person, but he was put there. Well, he had some clout. Yes, thank you. He had some clout. And all that time in between, the people in power that had money really just carried on with things the way they were. And ran amok. And ran amok, according to the book. And they just, they did, they were doing everything to their advantage and taking advantage of their power. They were using their power for nefarious purposes. And here comes James Tennant. Mm-hmm. Why has she been in jail all this time? Well, we're taking care of this and the people who were the big dogs until he came his along. Maximilian uh, Bush, Bush. And he was big in Norfolk and mm. his, his family name is still remembered up in Norfolk for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Some of these names and places are still part of our modern day Virginia Beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This James Tennant comes along and, and he wants to hear the story of how Gray Sherwood ended up in jail all these years and just left there. And so it gets into her story. She goes back all of these characters from this time that kind of have something to do with Grace, he goes far out and tells all their stories in these chapters. They're short chapters. And sometimes I had trouble keeping up because there were a lot of Johns. There were a <laughs> lot, a lot of, of Johns. had the same <laughs> names. And sometimes he would say they're John and their last name. And sometimes he wouldn't. So it really had to be on your tippy toes to pay attention to what was going on and who he was talking about. But it was a lot of little snacks snapshots of what it could have looked like at that time. And what life might have been like for each of those groups of people. You've got the elite, the landowners that have quite a bit of clout. There is a definite change in between indentured and then slavery. This is early on. Indentured people were much more prevalent during this time. And then it was after some other political unrest happened and some financial issues that happened in the state that that, that slavery became a bigger import. So so I think that really turns back to the Bacon's Rebellion because I was looking into that a little bit. But Bacon's Rebellion was uh, also a part of this narrative, mm-hmm. uh, the history of this narrative, which is still 100 years before the Revolutionary War. So we're not. Yeah. We go past Bacon's Castle all the time. And I always wonder what it's about. And by the time I get home, I never remember to really dive into it. So I love that this is part of that history. We're going on a field trip. We're going to start in Virginia Beach. We're starting in Pungo, Pungo and we're going to work our way up to Williamsburg. That's just how it's going to go. Every day. We're just going to go. That would be fun. 
Huber really, in Witch Duck Bay, he really made the founding families, the people who put her in jail, the justices, really put them in a bad light. Like, I'm sick to my stomach with the way they treat people. They were just greedy, avaricious people. I was really sad through this, really. The whole thing made me sad. Because they had all this stuff. They had everything. They had the house. They had the prestige. They had the power. And if anybody beneath them had something that they wanted. They were horrible about it. They found all the ways they could to ruin a person and, and get what they yes, wanted. Yes, just whether to it take was land or money or just exactly. whatever. Any, anything that somebody had that they thought of value, they wanted their greedy little hands on it. And they felt like they should have it because of their position. Mm-hmm. It was really I think now is the Thurgood House and some of these names, Bush and everything, it's like I hope they really they weren't that bad. He does say in the beginning of this, this is a total work of fiction. So yes. whatever he puts in it is whatever plot he had in mind. Not sure about that. But the way that they wielded their power and held it over people and made people's lives miserable was horrible. I think how they treated Grace, one of the worst things was how John Big, who was a Quaker as a friend, mm-hmm. he was an indentured servant and paid his debt. And he, But because he was a Quaker... They still wanted to persecute him. And they turned him into an indentured servant again. They totally took all of that away from him and said he hadn't served his time and took him back to Knott's Island. Mm -hmm. And I got tickled because they said he was, his master was from the Barnes family. And the Mm -hmm. Barnes family has been in Knott's Island forever. And I was thinking about the Barnes that we know. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know. (laughs) There were so many names that he used that are still in this area, for sure. Family names of this area. Yes. The Whites are definitely here in Pungo, the Hills, the Barnes. He knows this area. He knows this area. He knows the families in this area. He knows the families in Virginia Beach. All the names that he had were definitely resounded to even the modern ear of families that have been part of the community forever and ever. And I don't know how much truth was in any of the actions of those people. Mm -hmm. I kept telling myself, this is a work of fiction. This is something that he put it in play. Yeah, there's no but, way that you would know any of these details no, exactly. about any of this. So you have no. to just you just have to think about why would these people? Why would the Sherwoods say that this these people were causing slander to them, and then make up the story around that? What mm-hmm. would be a reason? Why would these people have come to her and then be mad at her? It's a scary thing that this actually happened. She was accused. They did throw her in. They tied her right thumb to her left toe and her left thumb to her right toe and threw her in. And mm-hmm. when she came up because she was a smart woman and she knew how to swim, she when she came up, they tied a Bible around her neck and pushed her back in again. And then when she got out, and even though she survived it, that just means that you really are a witch because they said the water pushed you back out. <laughs> they wouldn't accept you. So you can't win for losing it was, when it, they the, do these the ducking, witch trial tests. Yeah, the ducking was the, the craziest of all the witch tests. Well, most of them are very crazy no matter what. Mm-hmm. But the one where if you're not a witch, you sink and die or that the one really or me. you float and we kill you is like the worst test to go through, you know. There is absolutely no winning. I was reading and some were like, "Oh, if they sink, people jump in to save them. They rarely ever drowned." I mean, this was a tradition. This happened in Scotland and England as a matter of course during the original witch scares in that time. And that was 
I don't know before all this. So I'm trying to say, is it still in the 1600s? I think so. But my, mm-hmm. my historical dates are never really great. But so that was something that happened. And then it was not even thought of in America in the colonies, but the judges decided to go and this, the House of Burgess decided to let them, well, actually it was the locals. They went back from the Burgess back to the local well, government. Well, the Burgesses decided they wouldn't, wouldn't take it because the, take the it. local people hadn't done it. They hadn't mm-hmm. made a decision. And it's like, mm-hmm. if y'all haven't made a decision, you have done your job. We're not doing this. Right. And I don't think that they thought, I don't know. I think they thought it was a, just a, a good way to, to get, get something done, but it turned out to be a very big spectacle. It became yes. something that people traveled to. It was a big show and they realized they're going to be making money off of this too because they were pretty savvy about that and I think that's because it was people from all around and to me it was funny it was like oh they came all the way from Norfolk and and Kempsville and Newtown or whatever they came from Blackwater all the places I travel through on any given day to go shopping exactly zip 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 (laughs) we went through Kempsville today and you wouldn't think anything of it that tickled me too it's like all these places they cheated they had to travel from there and and it's a hop skip and a jump for us it's it's an everyday thing it's kind of surreal to read about these places these people that walk these places and did these things Mm -hmm. hundreds and the life that was here then and how far the that the speed of travel totally changes whatever culture you're in of whatever time period right (laughs) if it takes you two days to get from Nuts island to pungo Or it takes you 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Lifestyles are different. The Witch Duck Bay story, while it was fictional, did give me a lot of things to go research and look at. Oh, my gosh. I went back into Curry Tuck history. I went back into Native American, the the Curry Tuck tea, and and the areas that he was talking about. And I knew about, in the back of my head somewhere, I knew about the Thoroughgood House. But I hadn't really put that together with anything. And I know the Gray Sherwood, Wood, there is a statue for Grace. There's Sherwood. a statue on independence mm-hmm, that they put up in 2006 when they actually pardoned her. The governor yeah, pardoned they, her. What was that? They pardoned her in 2006. Mm-hmm. Grace's good name was restored by Governor Timothy Kane. So there is a statue there. It's in front of Independence, Centera Independence Hospital in Virginia Beach. And then nearby is the Ferry Plantation, mm-hmm. which does ghost tours and things. And I guess it's in that area. Very interesting stuff. But we have all this local stuff right here. It's right great. Here. It's a great history. So if you read Herber's book for entertainment, that's great. If you read it for spurring you into a historical deep dive, that's great. If you read it <laughs> and think that he's telling you something that's true about the people or families or the actual situation at that time, you're missing the point. He's just trying to build a story around what it was that he had as far as there was the trials and those pieces. And then he just wanted to make them come to life in his own mind and try to give us the lay of the land and understand some of the culture at that time. Right. The right. um the other book that I want to say just a few things about, about The Witch of Pungo by Louisa Kyle. Now that one this that you're a, holding up, yeah, uh, that's back one in first grade, Mrs. Uh-huh. Seacrest is reading to us 
from the Witch of Pungo. It probably came out around that time because it's what, 1970? It came out in 73. 73. So, so yeah, yeah. Because maybe we were... it was a couple of years old when I got to read it in first grade. Yeah. But I remember yeah. Miss Seacrest reading that to us. Mm-hmm. And that cover is ingrained in my brain. Right. This, These are the weirdest little vignettes of history. They are totally oral tradition, in my opinion. Although she does have a, at the end of each of the little stories, she does have what historical background she felt was necessary for children to understand. So she makes up a story that could have happened at that time based on factual evidence Mm -hmm. of that time. They were okay. I think at the time they were very interesting. I think for today's culture, they might be like missing the point. I still have the book. (laughs) I still wanted the book, right? I still do too, because I think it talks about our history and it it really goes into places. I was telling my husband about places. Like, did you know this was on your way? This is right here. And this was there. This, this is what they used to do. And he said, I had no idea. Right. I think everybody should know their history, at least a little. And I'm sure that any little bits of this that you can get into your brain and it spurs you into digging a little bit more into why the area or the people that you are with, or I mean, the area that you live in is the way that it is. It's just interesting how Mm -hmm. things developed. And I like this pre-colonial time though, this early colonial time. More about it. I love it. I love the Witch of Pungo. It's not only the story of Gray Sherwood. Mm-hmm. It's it's a story of a Native American boy. There's a story of uh, Adam Thorogood's house at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Little Ella and the windmill. I would never have thought about windmills in Virginia Beach. I know right. that they restored the one in Williamsburg. I've seen mm-hmm. that one. But I never knew that there were windmills here. And that's such a cool thing. Blackbeard. There's a story about pirates and Blackbeard. Pirates are also mentioned pirates in Huber's book. In Huber's book. And oh that gosh, was a little graphic. A little graphic in there, but uh, it got kind of creepy. Good, babe, a bad. good lesson. Got... I get the dad's point. Don't <laughs> romanticize the pirates. Yeah, yeah. Up, you don't know not... what you what you think is great because they are not great. <laughs> the Disney song "A Pirate's Life" for me. Mm-mm, you don't uh-uh. want to. After reading this, you would definitely think differently than that. You got the Cape Henry Lighthouse and a trip to Williamsburg, which is my favorite thing to do. On that any is one of my favorite day. things to do too. I love it. I loved it. It was just going back and visiting a younger time. It was a, a nice little reach back. And it's really cool that we live in this place mm-hmm. and we have all these things about our history. Well, I'm glad that Grace has been remembered for all these years. I'm, I'm glad that there's been some retribution towards her in our community. I still would like to say that I don't think she would have considered herself a witch. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody should consider her a witch, but that's part of the duplicitousness of trying to be a strong woman in history. Strong, smart, uh-huh. smart alecky. She was smart alecky. And a healer. Mm-hmm. Being able to use herbs and things to heal people and knowing the animals and knowing nature. Mm-hmm. They work for you until they work against you in that that's time, right. unfortunately. Yep, that's a story that's been told many times. Many times we have talked about that. I'm going to include in the description links to the Virginia History Podcast. They have a podcast episode on Gray Sherwood, mm-hmm. the Thorogood House, and the Witch of Pungo Fairy Plantation. They'll there's be in the two, description box. There's two Virginia Pilot articles, one by Huber and one by uh, Bob Rugesgerger. I cannot hardly say that. Rugesgerger, I think that's it. But he was really talking about how the legend of Gray Sherwood has also 
endured and changed over time and where some of the roots of some of the myth parts came or were not true, I guess. Like she didn't, we'll she that. didn't travel to England in an egg to get some rosemary. <laughs> Right. Oh, I love that. I love that. She traveled. She traveled in an eggshell to England, and she came back with all these seeds. These different yeah. seeds. Yeah. Or she didn't use uh, Peter Place to fly up in the trees. <laughs> you would think that They're people would be ridiculed for saying things like that. Yeah, I know. Like, that's the part stupid. that drives me crazy. Why you should be? If you keep talking like that, you need to be sitting in the stocks for a few days. That's ridiculous. Uh, but no, and they just feed off of each other when they do that. It's crazy, mm-hmm. but it's just. Just that mob mentality thing. It's like, okay, we're going to go with it. We're just going to get crazy. Mm, all right. We could talk about Grace Sherwood and our field trip <laughs> for the rest of the night. We got plans to make and we got wheels to burn. Place is good. I can do yes, it. Yes, that's right. We will do that. But we figure you have other things to do. Maybe you need to buy trick-or-treat candy. You do need to buy your trick-or-treat candy. You need to research your there. own area and mm-hmm. see what kind of historical things you have available to you in your area that's right and totally go back in time and read some of these older books this is this was such a good book to read as far as a piece of history and, and timeliness yes i enjoyed the history of it and it being about where we live in these places and and that i thought that was really interesting all right we will be back next week same tea time same tea channel with a new book that's new right tea, yep. but the same us yes <laughs> just us <laughs> And you can find us on the usual channels. We will be on Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you find your podcasts, and on Instagram at the Perfect Blend underscore SC and Facebook, um, the Facebook, Perfect Blend. The Perfect Blend. And our website is the hyphen perfect hyphen blend.com. Boop. All right. Until next time. <laughs> read. Read. And sip on. I got to get in my eggshell and go get some new seats from across the sea. <laughs> Well, we'll see how that works out for me. (laughs) Don't sink. Better get a big egg. Yeah. Do they make eggs that big? I think dinosaur. You got to. You got to get tiny. Well, I've been trying to get tiny for a long (laughs) time. I got to get really tiny. (laughs) All right, I'm gonna let it go. (laughs) I'm gonna enjoy my tea. You enjoy yours. I'll see you between the leaves. That's right. (laughs) Bye. Bye. You're crazy. I know. I can't help it.